What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. For Inside Carolina, I'm Taylor Vipolis, and before we get started today, I want to remind everyone about Johnny T-Shirt. They support Inside Carolina, so we want to support them. And during these times, especially, fans should want to support them as well as they are a locally family-owned business to Chapel Hill. Whether you're looking for what the athletes are wearing to work out in, trying to fix up that room this offseason, you watch the Tar Heels in, or looking to get a Carolina face mask for when you're out and about, Johnny T-Shirt has you covered with any and everything UNC related. They got great customer service. And don't forget, Inside Carolina premium subscribers save 10% off their orders. All right. Joining me today from the Arizona Diamondbacks, former UNC baseball star, Zach Gallon. Zach, thanks for joining me here today. I've got to start here as a noted uh, Philly South Jersey guy. You're a 76ers fan. Have we seen the last of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid together, or are you still trusting the process? I'm still trusting the process. <laughs> and, and on another note, <laughs> stop fooling the people on Twitter that you're a Suns fan. You're a Knicks fan. <laughs> Get off the bandwagon. Have you, have you considered, so... with how close you are uh, from Chase Field to where the Suns play, have you considered joining up with the Suns? They got Cam Johnson. They got Devin Booker. They're a young squad. You've been saying trust the process for so long, and you've gotten maybe 10 playoff wins. Yeah, I mean, okay, first off, you're a Knicks <laughs> fan. Again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reiterate it. Uh, no, I mean, the this, this Suns, you know, what they've been doing this year has, has been sick. Um, uh, I like Booker, even when he was in Kentucky. I wish this, the Sixers would have taken a shot on him then. I mean, Grandy probably wasn't a high prospect, but I did like him that, uh, then. Uh, Cam Johnson actually threw out a first pitch last year at Chase Field that I caught. I don't think he realized that I was a, a UNC guy. But no. Yeah, so, <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, I'm not switching. I'm a Sixers fan. Um, but, you know, it's it'll be cool. You know, just, you know, hopefully they, they you know, make something come from, you know, what they had going on this year. Can you take us back to your recruitment process? Because I know you've mentioned before that North Carolina was your dream school. So was it a case of they were just always involved or it was maybe they came on late? How did that process kind of go about? Because I'm not sure the casual fans kind of know how baseball recruiting works because it's not as much in the spotlight. Yeah, so I th- I think it's changed since I was going through it. I think they had to modify some of the rules, um, you know, just with the popularity of travel ball and stuff like that. But back when I was going through it, it was July 1st, um, you, like your junior summer. So going into your senior year was the first time that college coaches could call you. Usually it would have to be, you know, they would contact your coach and then you would have to call them. So July 1st, I had three calls um, from Boston College, Monmouth, and Old Dominion. So, like, not a lot of calls. I was still, like, very under the radar. But UNC was still my dream school. And I'd known Coach Jackson, who's at Liberty now, and Coach Forbes since I was about 13 because they, they came and did a camp in New Jersey. So I've known them for a while. And I went and pitched in an event in Georgia through well. Um, you know, had some numbers on the radar gun come up that coaches like. And, you know, they all kind of came at the same time, a bunch of big schools, um, North Carolina included. So 
when they came involved, I was just kind of like, not necessarily doing my due diligence to everyone else, yeah. but like Carolina is where I always wanted to go. So for me, it was just like, all right, let's just make sure I'm going to go see these other schools, make sure they don't have something that like totally blows me out of the water. And, you know, Carolina is where, where I went. Now that you're in the MLB, I'm curious of what your response is to this question. Like growing up, especially people growing up in our time frame, everybody wanted to be an MLB player growing up. But, you know, a lot of people like myself, we don't see that dream out. You are a rare exception to that case. Do you remember the first time thinking that this was actual, actually a real possibility that you could make it to the majors? Um, to be honest with you, I, I don't know. I, I guess it was just like this. I don't know. But as like a kid, I was like, I'm going to play in the big leagues. Like, and there was really like, granted, there were some times where I was like, oh, if I don't play in the big leagues, like I'd rather work in the front office and do something with baseball. But it was like 98% sure that I was like, I'm going to play in the big leagues. And I don't know if that was just like, you know, being naive or whatever it was, but I just, there, there was really never a time where like, I don't know, I guess I always had this quiet confidence in myself that I would, that I would play in the big leagues. So there was never really like a moment. Um, but like certain things just started to fall into place and like, you know, there's, not necessarily like a checklist that you need to like check off that like shows that you're ready, but like those things started to happen. And then, you know, it's like, all right, well now it's like this is like, this could really happen. But yeah, there was never really a moment that I was like, Oh, okay, this is it. It was just always like, you got, you know, you have what it takes and just keep doing what you got to do. I had, I know exactly what you're talking about. I had that quiet confidence too. And then ninth grade, I batted uh, under 200. My arm in center field was less than Johnny Damon's. And then the next year I was just a pinch runner. So I was quite, I was quickly put in my place, but um, I'm glad you came on this week because the biggest news from Carolina baseball this month was coach Fox retiring. What was your relationship with coach Fox? Like when you were playing and now that you're in the pros and what was it like finding out that he would be retiring? Yeah. um, You know, my time in Carolina was awesome. Uh, coach was you know great to me I I kind of I don't know I don't know if it was like this maturity or whatever it was but I kind of under I understood and grasped what he was getting at when you first come in and you know it, it's different for everybody so I kind of understood that what his thing was like listen if, if you're out of the dog if you're out of my doghouse we're gonna be fine so my whole thing was like don't be late be on time be respectful like those were the things that he just wanted to see so I was like all right if I can just you know do those things I'm gonna be fine with coach um so our relationship got stronger as the year went on or years went on you know he knew I was a competitor so there's a lot of times where he had to kind of like pull the reins back and be like hey like relax like whatever um but yeah he was uh it was awesome and then you know just to see him you know retire is it's very well deserved I know he's got a couple grandbabies um his family is really close so you just wanted to spend some time with him and yeah he, he actually came to my debut last year which was really cool um I know he tries to come to a lot of them, but like some of the time he's like the schedule doesn't work out. So for him to be there, I thought it was an awesome thing. He was on the field, um, you know, after the game, but yeah, it was, it was super cool. What can you tell UNC fans about coach Forbes who now takes over as the head coach because he was your pitching coach for three years? Yeah. Forbes is one of the best. He's like one of my favorite guys. I love going back to see coach Forbes, you know, anytime I'm in Chapel Hill, it's just like a trip down memory lane. Um, Granted, when I was there, our, our time wasn't as successful as, you know, in years past. But, it, you know, it's fun. It's it's like I was there yesterday when I see him. So it's 
always have a lot of good laughs. He always shoots me a nice text message whenever I throw well or something like that. So I told him when I texted him the other day, it was a long time coming, um, that he was very much deserving of, you know, that opportunity. And I think he was going to be great. When you came to Carolina your freshman year, I think your ERA was somewhere in like the mid fours. And then uh, your sophomore year, you kind of break out and your ERA sub three, like a 2.7, somewhere in that range. What was the biggest change you made from freshman to sophomore year? Or was it kind of just you kind of just growing up? <laughs> well, I always, people ask me, not as much now, but like back then when it was closer to that time, they're like, so what's the difference? And I was like, well, let me tell you how hard it is to pitch in the ACC with one pitch. <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I had, well, I like, I like to call it foolishly one and a half pitches. It was, I had my fastball and then it was a collection of maybe I had a curveball that day. Maybe I had a slider, maybe I had a change up, but it was like one pitch. And it was like, if I wasn't really locating that well, like it was tough. Um, so I went to the Cape that summer and learned Sass taught myself a slider cutter, what I call a cutter now. Um, you know, unbeknownst to me, the, the grip that the kid showed me wasn't even the grip, so I just kind of made it up. But, yeah, I came back with another pitch, um, another wrinkle for hitters to kind of have to respect. But, yeah, no, that freshman year was like, yeah, this is a little bit tough. I think I'm going to need another pitch to, to get some of these guys out. It's, uh, the competition's a little bit harder than high school. But, yeah, no, it was uh, just like you said, too, maturity. It was like, all right, now I understand, like, what it's like what they're asking of me, what I need to do. So, I mean, it's like anything. Once you, once you notice what you got going on, you can, you know, make small improvements. So from 11th grade, you're getting like three schools contacting you when the window opens and then you kind of develop into this uh, national pitcher of the year at Carolina to the point where you got drafted in the third round. And the signing bonus for around that slot I saw is around like $500,000. Do you have any mm -hmm. memorable purchases after signing or what, what kind of happened there? Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very, I would say frugal with my money. I'm I, like calculated, I guess you could say like, I make sure like one, if I'm buying anything, like I'm a bargain hunter. So like clothes or anything like that, I hammer TJ Maxx and Marshall's like, I'm all in on that. Um, Maybe get a sponsorship um, there. I don't know, but like that's just what I like. We were, my mom's like, like if if I disappear, like when I'm at home, she'd be like, let me guess, you were like TJ Maxx or something, just like browsing the racks, seeing what they got there. Um, no, I really didn't buy anything. Uh, I bought a I bought a car. That was that was you know that's a big purchase. But yeah, that was pretty much the only thing that I bought. I was driving like an O2 Nissan Maxima, so I was like, all right, I think I need I could I can upgrade a little bit. So I got a new car. Um, and then I bought some shoes, like some Jordans or whatever, but nothing really, you know, more than that. Speaking of the MLB draft, when guys like Jordan Adams or Kyler Murray get drafted and they're debating between two sports, the cons for baseball always seems to be that the minor leagues and how it's not as like glamorous as you might think for a professional athlete. Do you have any stories from your times in the minors that shows, you know, how much of a grind it really was? Um, <laughs> one story, no, not, not necessarily. Um, just the whole collection of the minor leagues is, is a grind. I mean, it's, it's one of those things it's like, all right, you, you get paid to do what you love, but you're getting paid less than minimum wage. So it's like, it, it just, it, it's like one of those things like you really got to love it. Like I, I like tip my hat to guys that like have to support a family kids you know have been doing it a while and having a shot and like I mean 
those guys are like unbelievable grinders like so like for them to just keep at it like I think that's like the coolest thing but yeah there's I mean there's countless things that I could just think of um you know taking a, a bus at 12 o'clock after the game dr- driving from I think we played in Round Rock which is like right outside Austin we took like an eight-hour bus ride on like a regular coach bus so like sleeping in the aisles sleeping on the floor whatever it is and then we had to play that night in New Orleans. Like, it's just not glamorous <laughs> at all. Like, it's tough. Um, and then when you get the AAA, it's like, I see, I didn't mind it, though. I don't mind flying. But when you get the AAA, most teams fly, like, for the most part. Because, like, the travels, you can't bus. Like, it's way too long. But the flights are at, like, 4 in the morning. So, it's like, yeah, you fly. You don't have to ride on the bus. But you're getting up at 1 in the morning <laughs> to get to the airport. And then you're on Southwest. Like, it's just yeah it's it's such a grind like it's unbelievable you know it just it it really makes you like when you get to the big leagues appreciate how much easier I guess you could say in quotations the travel is um you know on your body and stuff how did you find out you were being called up to the big leagues last year speaking of a triple a flight on a triple a I was on a triple a flight um we were playing in Albuquerque I think it was we we were leaving and we had a layover in like Denver or something like that so when we took off on the layover I was just watching a movie I forget what I was watching on Netflix and the manager came up and I thought he was going to comment about the movie that I was watching so then he, he was like tapping me on the shoulder and he was like hey when you get off this plane you're going to be a big leaguer and I was like what so I like took my headphones out. I was like wait so one more time he's like yeah like you're going to the big leagues after you get off this plane <laughs> and I was like oh sick but I had to sit there for like an hour and like my teammates like they were kind of figuring out what was going on because like a couple guys heard around and then like for like an hour hour and a half I had to wait until because I get until I could tell my family <laughs> so by the time I got off the plane got home was, like get my stuff packed it was probably like four in the morning east coast time and I called like I was just calling be like hey yeah and then everyone started finding out my family and they were calling me and like didn't get like an ounce of sleep that night it was just like but yeah it was it was cool because at the time like I was thrown so well that I just was like man like you always want I don't know I just kind of dreamt it as being like a surprise so I'm thinking like mm-hmm. all right any day now like I'm gonna get called up and like there's anytime I get called in the manager's office like I have a feeling this is what it's gonna be about so for it to be there was kind of cool it was, it was a surprise it caught me off guard and you know it was awesome you made your major league debut um for the Marlins last year in St. Louis what was that moment like because the Cardinals were the team you originally started with yeah, well, I mean, it goes way back further than that. I grew up a Cardinals fan. I was a huge Mark McGuire fan when I was younger. I wore 25 until I got to high school. Uh, well, actually, that's not true. But I wore 25 growing up, like, until I had to switch the number, you know, with another kid. But, yeah, I was a huge Mark McGuire fan, a Cardinals fan, got drafted by him. And, like I said, like, when I was younger, I had that quiet confidence. It's like, I'm going to play in the big leagues. I'm going to play for the Cardinals. Like, and I'm like, all right, now I'm checking off these boxes. Like I really have a shot to do it. Um, so when I, when I got dragged to bottom, I'm like, all right, I'm going to play in Bush stadium one day. Like that's my goal. Um, I was wearing a different uniform, but yeah, it was cool. It was like, you know, it was when I first got there, when I showed up, it was like one of those like unbelievable. I couldn't, like, I just really couldn't. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was indescribable. Um, but yeah, just being a Cardinals fan, like growing up, it was surreal. You mentioned having to call all your family, and you mentioned earlier that Coach Fox was at the game. How many people do you think you had in that stadium rooting for you that day? 
Oh, I think I know that I left 20, I think, I think I had 24 tickets or 25. I think I had 20, I think it was 25 tickets that I had left myself. <laughs> and then probably an additional, I think Andrew Miller left coach Fox, coach Forbes and coach Jackson, like a few tickets so that I have, didn't have to like, because you, once you get to the Diggies, you have to pay for the tickets. So, yeah. like, usually your debut, they're like, yeah, you're playing for free today, kid. Like, <laughs> you know, so I left um, – yeah, I, I think I left, like, 25 tickets. And you made your major league debut and, and it cost you money? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> that – it cost me money. And actually, when I played in D.C., when we played the Nationals a couple weeks later, that actually cost me more money because I think I left 50. I think I left 50 tickets in DC and I remember just like my mom being like, Hey, you know, we have all these people that we, you know, that, that want to come see you because it's close, like three hours from home yeah. and I'm pitching. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, just let me know how many people. And I'm thinking that it's not going to be that many. And then my mom gives me the final total and it's like 51. And I'm like, you, I can't ask the guy for 51 tickets. Like, this is ridiculous. So and I was like, Hey, listen, like I like, is there anyone I can get 51 tickets? He's like, um yeah I think they have extras but don't ask for this many again like you just can't do it and I was like yeah I know like I'm not doing this again so yeah that was that was a I told my mom I was like listen if you guys want to sit together again just go on StubHub and buy like it's gonna be cheaper than like you guys paying me back or whatever it is I was just like yeah 51 tickets it was ridiculous and what sucks about that game was it got like there was a rain delay so I threw two innings and then it was I sat too long and they like everyone left because I didn't go back out yeah it was like just a disaster, but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, that's the most tickets I ever left. Crazy. Go going along with that family aspect. How close would you say the UNC players are in professional baseball? Because you you did mention uh, Andrew Miller before. Yeah, um, the guys in pro ball, I would say fairly close, but at the same time, like I'm closer with a lot of guys who aren't in pro ball anymore. Um, just from, you know, being back for like our alumni, like the first pitch dinner, um, stuff like that. Like guys that, you know, had played and are retired now. Um, the guys who are playing now, it's tough. You don't really necessarily see them just because of the, I mean, that's like the one event when a lot of alumni are back. So like it's right before spring training. So the guys that are still playing, it's tough for them necessarily to get there. And if they have to go to spring training in Arizona, stuff like that. So, I mean, there's a handful of guys that I've met those throughout, you know, this time that are Carolina guys that I hadn't met on campus before, but yeah, I mean, just the whole alumni, you know, group of the last 10 or 15 years, there's like a pretty good amount of guys that come back for that dinner. And, you know, as an alumni, like it's, it's one of the cooler things that like when you're, it's your first year as alumni, you can go out with the, like the guys that have played before you and hear some of the stories. So yeah, it's, it's a pretty tight knit group, you know, from my experiences at least. Yeah, I saw Inside Carolina posted a, a graphic about a stat from uh, you this season. And, like, the first comment was Matt Harvey saying, attaboy. I, where was – I didn't even see that. Where was that at? <laughs> It was on uh, Inside Carolina's Instagram. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, no, I – Harvey Harvey probably doesn't even remember meeting me, but I, I've met Harvey a couple of times. Um, once when he was back filming that E60, The Dark Knight. Um, I don't know if you, if you saw that one. But yeah, he's he's been there a couple of times. Um, but there's just guys like it's super cool. Like Andrew Miller, I met him for like a half a second when he came back the one fall. So like it, it's just cool that like you could be around those guys. Like that's one of like I'm at least for me like one of the 
you know, driving factors of like trying to become successful is like you get there and my camera's falling down, but you get there and it's like, these guys are up on the wall and this big league years and you're like, man, I want to be on the wall. And like, that, like that for me. So like to see them come back and just be like, you know, regular dudes is, you know, it's crazy. I thought it was interesting hearing you say how you found out you got called up, but how did you find out you were traded from St. Louis to Miami and then later on from Miami to Arizona because two trades in basically yeah. less than two years now. Yeah, I've had, that's what I joke around about. I'm like, how many people have been traded twice before they turned 23? And I don't know that many. I'm sure there probably are more, but like, yeah, twice. And then in a matter of like two years, three years, whatever it was. Um, the first one was St. Louis to Miami. That was in the off season. Um, I, ironically enough, with that story, I was down in Palm Beach at the Cardinal Spring Training like facility for like a winter workout um, kind of deal, and I was down there, and there was rumors that guys were getting traded, and you know there was kind of like you kind of knew who the big piece was going to be, which was was Sandy Alcantara. Like everyone's like, all right, Sandy's probably going to be the guy, but they're talking about you know a couple other prospects going, and me just being like. Uh, okay, like not even paying attention. Just be like, yeah, like they're trading somebody, not having any idea that I could be trading. I'm like, they just drafted me. Like, there's no way they're going to trade me. Like, no way. And I literally am on, I touched down. I had a connector flight in Charlotte, touched, like, turned my phone on. And as the wheels like hit the ground, my phone starts like, like I'm, it's blowing up with text messages. I'm like, this oh, no. is strange. <laughs> so before I even checked, like I had a voicemail from my agent. He was like, Hey, give me a call back. And I was like, Oh man, I don't know what this is about. So I checked Twitter before I finally went back and my name was everywhere. It's Zach Allen in this trade and this trade and all these texts from these people. And at the time people were like, Hey, keep your head up. Like they thought I was disappointed. Like, which at the time, like I was like, dang, like I like really wanted to be like, you know, go get to the big leagues, the Cardinals. And, you know, but like the opportunity to play in Miami, it was like, you know, it was a rebuilding franchise. They were going to give young guys a shot. Like it was just, it, it made a lot of sense. So I called everybody, you know, people were like, what really? Like crazy. Um, so it was kind of ironic that they literally traded me as I was flying home from the spring training facility. Um, so I was a little bitter about that because it, you know, made a big stink about me coming down there for that. And then said I wouldn't have to be there and then they traded me so I was like a little fired up about that whole thing but that's the story for a different day but the card the Marlins one to the Diamondbacks was after I pitched and oddly enough I'm my aunt's like hey like tomorrow's the trade deadline do you think anything's gonna happen and I was like I, I don't know I, I can't see that there she's like well you never know like last time and I'm like yeah you're right but like you know we'll see what happens so I go to the field, I get there a little bit early because I pitched the night before. So I was going to get my work in and I'm sitting there at my locker, like getting changed. And the pitching coach comes up to me. He's like, Hey, let me talk to you for a second. So I'm thinking, all right, we're going to go over last night's outing, which what you usually do, like after you pitch, like you go over and see the mistakes you made or the good pitches, whatever. They called me in the office and I blacked out for like two minutes I was like damn they're sending me down like I just threw well like they're making a move somebody's coming off the DL like they're gonna they're just the numbers are sending me down so like the first two minutes of the conversation I didn't even hear I just was like thinking about how could they send me down like I'm just throwing so well like I, I was just like sitting I was like all right I gotta tune back in I gotta see what's going on with this conversation and then so it goes on you know we're talking about whatever and the GM 
the Don Manley was the manager. He was talking and then he was like, all right, I'm going to, you know, hand it over to the GM and tell you like what's going on. He's like, so we made a move for you. We, we traded you. I'm like, okay, nice. Like, and they're telling me like, we felt like, you know, this is a position we really needed to go and whatever. And I'm still sitting there. I'm like, okay, like to where, like they never told me where I was getting <laughs> traded to. So I'm, I'm sitting there like, great, you traded me, but like, where am I going? Like, what, like, who do I contact? And it was kind of almost like a, they'll contact you type of deal. Like it was, it wasn't like we have this set up. It was just like, wait for them to contact you. So I'm like, uh, all right. So the first person I called was like, uh, one of my agents. I was like, Hey, I don't know if you heard, but I got traded. He's like, what really? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, I don't know what to do. He's like, all right, well sit tight. Like they're going to probably call you in the next 20 minutes or whatever it is. So, you know, sure enough they did. And we figured out all the travel stuff and whatnot, but yeah, it was, and so the funny part of the story was my buddy was in town for the week in Miami and he's, he's, in, he's in my apartment and this was his last day here. And he texted me, he said, I'm watching ESPN. Did you really just get traded while you were at the field? And I was like, apparently so. So he helped me pack up my apartment, which is like a huge, like, I was like, cause I mean, I, I had a flight the next day in the next like 12 hours, whatever yeah. it was. So I had to get everything packed up, but yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was a whirlwind of a day. No, no doubt. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. I'm trying to think how I would feel in those situations. And I'm wondering when you're traded, does it ever like they always say like sports is a business, but does it ever feel personal? Like you now have something to prove against your old team or are you just kind of too focused on that next team, that next opportunity? Not really. Um, I, I feel like, I, I watched Moneyball like when it came out at a, at a young age and kind of understood that, that baseball is a business, so you really can't take things personal. Um, but at the same time, I'd be lying as a competitor if I didn't say there was like a little bit of vengeance um, anytime that you, you know, can stick it to your the team that got rid of you. Um, it's just, it's a weird, yeah, it's a weird dynamic, especially to be traded twice because it's like, all right, the Marlins really wanted, well, I don't know about really, but like they wanted you the first time. And then they didn't want you. So like, it's, it's like just an interesting dynamic, but yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, just focused on, you know, to me, it really doesn't matter who it is. Um, but yeah, there's, there might be like a little list that I have that I'm just writing down names that are. So when you guys get the full schedule back, maybe put a, a little asterisk next to those games. No, nah, not, like- not necessarily. <laughs> it, it's like, it's just like things in the back. It's like a bulletin board, like, you know, just motivational type yeah, of things. They're yeah. like, all right, just remember they didn't want you. It's not like I'm going <laughs> to go out there and pitch against the Cardinals or the Marlins, like, and be all hyped up and, yeah. you know, want to, it's just like, all right, just, you know, you know, we need some motivation. Just remember, you know, where you're at. 
because of why you're there. You know what I mean? Heading into this season, what was it like for you with the pandemic and with the negotiations between the MLB and the Players Association where you didn't really know when and if you would even have a season at one point? Yeah, it was interesting. I got like a, a little taste of what it's like to be retired, I, I imagine. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, you, you really don't know. Um, or we didn't know. I, it's my family, like, do you know anything? And after a while, I was like, if I know something, I'm going to tell you, like, I'll let you know. I'm like, because a lot of this stuff I'm finding out, I'm finding out in the media just like everyone else. So it was like one of those things I'm like, I, I really have nothing more for you. Like they're negotiating behind closed doors. They're supposed to be, but stuff's getting leaked to the media, you know, whatever it is. But like, I really don't know anything more than what they're letting, leading on to be. But yeah, it was, it was interesting. Um, you know, there was points in, you know, time where you're like, all right, we're going to play, we're going to get this thing done. And then it's like, well, now I don't know what we're going to do. Like I was like JB, JB and I were actually thinking about, going back to Carolina to like finish our we both have a semester left so it was like all right we can go back and finish if we could do it and then you know this we wound up thankfully getting the season starter because I don't know if I'm ready to go back to school just yet but yeah um yeah it was played a lot of golf and just you know played catch pretty much every day and was just trying to stay in shape as you know best as possible I was going to mention I saw on Instagram you were getting a lot of golf rounds in how would you describe your game um not as good as I want it to be (laughs) that's I like I definitely made some major strides from where I was before quarantine but not as good like I like looking like I definitely like if I look back and did it on paper like yeah I definitely made some strides but it felt like me I got like a half a percent better than when I started. So like it's for me, it, but that's just the game of golf. Like it's just yeah. tough. It's just the way it's going to be. But yeah, I, w- I wish I was better than I am. So that's how I'll put it. Since getting called up, what would you say the best perk of being in the MLB has been in case you need some time to think? Maybe you got into a really nice restaurant, met someone famous, or maybe you got onto an exclusive golf course. Do you have anything? now that I feel busted a little um I have a lot I have I, I don't know about perk but like experiences um definitely like some golf courses that I've gotten on or had the opportunity just maybe not fulfill like not been able to do it but it's a thing that will be able to you know be accomplished in the off season or whatever it is that's definitely one of them um, it's nice that the D-backs have some connections around here, um, some golf courses that hook us up. Um, let's see, the flying on a on like a chartered flight, like the big league flights, is is pretty cool. Um, I never did that. That's that's nice. Um, I see. For me, like it's I don't know if it's a cliche answer, but you know, before this COVID outbreak, we were allowed to sit in the dugout and watch the games as opposed to like being in the stands or in the clubhouse. So for me, I just like being able to like sit a hundred feet away from a guy like Jacob deGrom or Clayton Kershaw and watch them pitch. Like I thought that was just like a super cool experience, you know, just somebody that loves pitching and just like, I'm like, yeah, that's sick. Like deGrom's pitching tonight. I'm going to get to watch this guy. Like, you know what I mean? So, I mean, but the time that the, the, as the Sports Illustrated swimsuit models were on the field at Miami. That also wasn't a terrible perk either, but, you know, 
there's a bunch of things. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's the countless perks or experiences, whatever you want to call them. Um, one new rule for this year has been the universal DH. So I have to ask, do you miss batting at all? Um, no, I, I miss taking batting practice before like the game, you know, whatever, get your, get your hitting fix in, but I don't miss having to get a bunt down in like a big situation, yeah. nor do I miss getting pinch hit for like in the fifth inning. Cause we need to like get a hit or something like that. Yeah. Like, however, I do miss facing the other pitcher as opposed to another hitter. But, yeah, no, as a whole, I'm okay with the DH. Like, it is what it is. I'd rather just, you know, maybe get an extra inning or two because my spot didn't come up in the lineup. My follow-up question to that is, what's a worse feeling, pitching with runners in scoring position or when you're coming up to bat with hitters in scoring position? Um, there's less pressure when you're hitting because it's like – you're not really supposed to get a hit. So it's like icing on the cake if you do get a hit and you get an RBI. Um, yeah, there's there's probably more pressure as a pitcher because it's like something that like you more likely than not cause the runners being in scoring, so it's your fault. And now it's like, all right, now it's your responsibility to minimize the damage as much as possible. If you strike out with runners scoring, it's like, yeah, they don't pay me to hit. Like, So that's – it's definitely easier on the mind um, having to hit with runners in scoring position. Your last start against the Rockies, you set a National League record by allowing three or fewer runs in your first 19 starts. What's it like to think about that the league has been around since 1876 and nobody has been able to do what you've been able to do? I, it's kind of crazy. Um, I think they said that that record stood since like 1973 or something like that. So it's like, a I don't know, what's that, 47 years, something like that, 46 years. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. It also, it also highlights how much baseball loves their tradition and their records. Like there will be records for anything. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's been cool. Uh, I kind of had an idea – coming into this season that like I was like in second place I think and I needed like three more or four more to break the record three to tie and I was looking at the schedule and I'm like man that's four tough offenses and one really tough place to pitch so I was like all right <laughs> no pressure but if you if you do it you earned it like a, like you know some of those offenses were tough um but yeah it, it's cool just to have a to have a record um but yeah it's uh I don't know it's it's something that I never dreamed about, but you know, it's, it's also a testament to the guys behind me. Like there's definitely times where I've made pitches that they, that they've made plays that have saved runs and, you know, stuff like that. So it's not just a complete, just a me record, which is, you know, a lot, another thing that I love. It's like about preventing runs, which is a defensive, you know, team thing. To a lot of baseball fans, it like might feel like you're coming out of nowhere. Cause since your MLB debut, you're ninth among starting pitchers with, a 2.8 ERA. Have you been surprised at all by your start and the success you've been, you've been able to have so early in your career? Um, my answer would be yes and no. Um, yes, because you you never know what's going to happen. Uh, like 
you know, a lot of those times those numbers are, are based on lucky breaks or whatever it might be, you know, you might have an inning that, you know, kills your ERA just because of a bad break, a bad hop, whatever it may be. Um, but at the same time, no, because like I knew how much work that I put in and like I always, like I was talking about before, like that quiet confidence, like I always had that confidence in myself that like I knew myself was good enough. I knew it was where I was, where I belonged. Um, but yeah, it was, it, my answer would be yes and no like just for for it to happen it's kind of surreal but at the same time it's like I, I knew that I was capable of it so I'm glad that it's it's happening and people are taking notice my last question for you is I was playing MLB the show earlier today you're an 82 what do we have to do to get that raised because I feel like you're approaching 90s right now 82 is sick. I think I started at like a 76 <laughs> is from what my friends have told me. Did you not just hear like my that. last stat? 2.8 ERA, ninth. Ninth among yeah. starting pitchers since you're <laughs> Okay, I'm not going to be At great. 82? I mean, of course. <laughs> well, I, I don't know how they do the, the – I don't know how they do that. But for me, anything in the 80s was like sick. Like I'll I'm take cool that. that. Like I'm, I'm down. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you always want to be higher than you are. But I'm not going to sneeze at an 82 by any means. I mean – but yeah, no, I, I even thought when the rankings first came out and I was like a 76 or whatever it was, same thing. My friend's like, oh, you should be higher. I was like, you realize that I'm in MLB the show with a 76. Like, I think that's cool in and of itself. So anything with an eight in front of it, even better. But yeah, no, it's, uh, I don't know. It's just keep pitching on. I guess the rankings go up. I'll, uh, I'll take the campaign up for myself on social media. Raise yeah, gallons overall. That's Hashtag fine. I will not, I will not be starting that. That, that can be all you. I will not be self-campaigning for that. All right, man. That's all I have for you today. But I just wanted to say thanks for hopping on here, talking with me, and just keep trusting the process over there. Oh, yeah. Trust the process. Thanks, brother. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by T-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.